make sure everything is on, you know, quiet mode before I hop into the stream. And every time it says, your camera cannot be identified. Your microphone is turned off. And I have to restart the computer and do it all over again. I'm just going to, you know, jump in last week's link just to see if the mic's working before I ever shut, sign on. Oh, look, we're live. 20 seconds in. And I'm sure rambling. Howdy, howdy, everybody. So this is weird because I'm used to looking at this camera, but I'm actually on this camera. This little ProLogic camera is awesome. Is you are a little quiet on my end. I don't know how it is. It has yeah. exceeded my expectations. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us in Snakes and Stogies. Episode 51, is it? Yes? 51. 51. But we're not alone. Oh, yes. The Coxeye. I can't hear him. Is this audio coming him. through for you? Nope. Jesus Cox. Jesus Cox. He looks like a dirty Santa. Look at that he beard. He looks like a majestic Viking, and I want to massage his beard. That beard is pretty serious, man. That beard is legit. Kudos to you know him having like the Viking beard. I can't do that. It just looks like a fro on my face. Well, this episode isn't just brought to you by one silent cox but also by puget sound pythons i know i was just about to say where's the psp logo in the uh in the corner oh and zing i, I still can't hear cox yeah cox you're 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 still muted buddy well he, he's not muted he just unmuted his there you go he left all right he'll be back hell of a hell of a surprise by the way i'm, I'm very happy to see him he just asked me for the link short notice Nice. I'm I'm all discombobulated. I don't know what you're smoking. I'm smoking a <clears throat> Jesus uh, Reserva Don Carlos from Fuente. Oh, nice! I haven't had that. Uh, I still oh my I god, they're that. they're so good, man! It's like my favorite Fuente, honestly, out of everything I've had from them. Um, that's just that's they're so solid. Price point's good. Uh, the the Eye of the Shark, which is the Torpedo Box Prescott Cigar of the Year a couple years ago. Um, wasn't crazy about that size. It's just, it's kind of overrated, but all the other sizes and blend, you know, with that blend work really well. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I've been on a Gurga kick, man. I'm doing the Nicaragua series Those and this good. is Robusto and Solid. it just needed to happen. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm very weird with, with the, the hay flavors and the, you know, the grass aromas because I'm actually allergic to cut grass. And I grew up, uh, ironically, I grew up on a horse farm and, you know, in the summer months we grew alfalfa and uh, it was like a, like supplemental, you know, and, uh, it, my allergies would kill me. And then when I started getting into smokes, I realized that I really love that alfalfa. Hey, I really love it. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's, it's gotta be a mental thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I uh I don't know like here I'm gonna change this. Sorry, peeps. Hello to everyone who's jumped in the group chat. I love it. It's all of our friends. Do this normal like. I guess that'll work. What are you drinking? Maximum strength, Monster Max. 
Hendrix and black cherry juice. Yeah, Phil, uh, Bill says you need some beard balm and a legit comb. Tame that face shield down as the length comes in. Yeah, uh, it's too, it's too curly. It's too kinky. I actually, I've been, I've been highly contemplating getting one of those straightening oh. combs, men, but I can't do it. I'm terrified that I'm going to melt my face off. I'm lives. Oh, there he is. I can hear him. Am I echoing? No. Okay, cool. I mean, my connection, I don't know why it's, my camera's lagging out, but I got full bars. You are, Man, like, morphing. Can you guys hear the wind no. in the background? No. no. Okay. Because I think, I think you guys are a little low on my end, but who cares? We're doing it. I love it. See, I don't know. I have, I mean, I have all my stuff turned up. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're there. You're there. Sorry. Okay. You just got to get a little closer. Well, this mic, yeah, I got to get, I practically have to, like, eat this mic to get it to pick things up unless I turn the gain up crazy high, so. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I got Irvin's, Irvin's in the chat, LaVizza's are in the, in the chat, and Bill Bradley, all the good people. Um, yeah, Holy shit. Mike good. and Dominique and Henry and Brad and Randy That's and everyone, right. love it. And you see what came in today. Oh, look what the cat dragged in. But I'm annoyed because it came in all damaged and bent up, so I'm going to talk to Matt uh, tomorrow and see if they replace it. I bought two copies because one of them is the giveaway. I'll go ahead and talk about this real quick. Latest issue yeah. of Pediculture Magazine. We got a giveaway on our Facebook page. Um, so you get, if you're in the U.S., you get a, this copy. And then I got a bunch of HM decals. Uh, and then I'm going to try and talk Billy into giving up a shirt. So if you have not entered in that, we're picking a winner on Friday. It's on our on the HM Facebook page. Um, I, I try to do like the giveaway thing each month with the new issue at least, but I would like to kind of spice it up a little bit and offer some other stuff. But <clears throat> other than some minor stuff, I'm pretty happy with the way this came out. Um, there's some things on the cover that are really driving me absolutely nuts that I just can't fix. Like what? Uh, I mean, you can't really pick up on it, I guess, with this. But you see, well, you, you see that ghost box. Oh yeah, look at that. I don't know why uh, that's I must have been doing something and not paying attention, so Yeah, but I don't remember seeing that in the actual download. Well that's what I was wondering too, if I was just going crazy or not, but No, I don't think it's in the download. I mean otherwise, like the the print itself, like everything came out really well. Uh you know, these pictures from Johannes, uh, as far as the eastern leopard geckos go, I was kind of worried they wouldn't be high-res enough because some of them were taken, well, I think all of them were taken with an iPhone, but they all came out really well. Um, yeah, they did. So, Definitely. I mean, cover aside, I'm actually pretty happy with with everything. So. That's cool, still man. a dope cover, though. And I usually, I usually just tear them apart when I get them in and start breaking down all the things I screwed up on as far as design and... <laughs> Like this, not carrying the black background over far enough in the bleed, so that you see this, this line oh, here yeah. and this uh, line here. Like, so. Well, you know, like culture magazine you didn't go to page. college for it. You know what I'm saying? No, but that's like that's that's an easy fix. That's something that shouldn't be looked over. And yes, the mistakes do make it more personal. That is true. So, 
I bought two copies. I'm keeping the busted copy. And the other copy that's not nearly as busted is the one that will be given away. And then if MagCloud ends up sending me replacements, then we'll we'll do some runners up, runner up, runners up, runner ups, runner up, runner up. Then uh, then we'll give away more of them. So nice. So Coxie, what are you smoking? What are you drinking? I'm drinking a <laughs> Rebel Yell, and um, I'm uh, smoking a Nasty Fritas. Oh, nice! Dude, they're literally cheaper than the regular ones at the smoke shop. So really? Because like, they're more expensive at, at mine. Yeah, uh, they're seven ninety nine for a regular Frida, uh, and the nasty is six ninety nine. So, oh, see, we're our our papas our papas Fridas are five ninety five, and then the nasty Fridas are seven twenty five. So, I think they're all like twelve bucks by me. Dude, they want like twenty dollars for an L forty. Yeah. Yeah, see, we sell them for like sixteen and change, or we did. The problem is, is that uh, the owner does not check his prices because there's price increases on cigars all the time. Like things happen, yeah. they have to you know increase prices by fifty cents a dollar, whatever. And I'm sure that that happens a lot more often than than I'm aware of, and that's just because Raj does not double check his prices constantly. And yeah. he's pretty he's pretty lax about the whole thing, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because I mean we still make money. It's just. You know, the appeal of South Carolina is our low tobacco tax or non-existent That's tobacco tax. That's the appeal tax. of it, and uh, you know our prices are low. So, so not to change the subject on you, but Jeff just comments that new that new knobtail book though, Phil. You know, with yeah. little Murphy. So I spoke with Julander when he first kind of leaked that something was coming out mm-hmm. uh, about a year ago, maybe, and I was I was stoked, man. Stoked, and I talked to him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be awesome." You know, we're, we have a couple different authors, and we're trying to piece it all together. So they wanted to have it done by last year's Tinley, and it just wasn't gonna happen. So then they were trying to go for this year's Tinley, and obviously COVID kind of messed everything up. But I got word from my boy in Queensland that his book distributor, who buys from Eco Universe, had was offered the Knobtail book. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, how come the Aussies get it before us? Like, that's not how this is supposed to work. So I went on Eco Universe, and there it was. So last week I bought it and I have, and I got a payment confirmation, but I have yet to get any tracking stuff. And then today, Mr. Drew Lander posts a picture of the book saying there's only, I guess, four of them in the country, but more due in December. And the cover's completely different. Now I get both. So yeah, so so maybe I have to buy two, maybe maybe I have to collect them all like Pokemon. I don't know. Being a damn book collector, Phil. That's how I am with like Ari's book. Ari has there's uh, a paperback and a hardcover, and I have the hardcover which he ha- he signed and has like a little gold insignia, like you bought it from him directly at Tinley or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, like I want both. I want the I want the paperback too. Oh, of course. That way, I don't. That way, I don't feel bad for a dog ear in the pages, and because I think that book is. I love that book. Serpent and Cloud is a kick-ass book. I, I haven't got it, man. I got to get it. And that, See, my I, I was, may even get that Knobtail book, though. Oh no, you have like, to get. It. I, I'm have. actually. I'm very interested in that genus. I don't know if I'll ever keep them, but I'm still very like. I'd be interested to read that. And plus, so. Julander's like really into like his writing. He goes on to because didn't he go over there to oh, yeah. look at him in the wild? He yeah, over there multiple yeah. times. So. I think. 
so yeah, I mean, it's got to be a kick-ass book because uh, with a complete carpet python, him and Nick's, you know, way they describe the animals and the habitat and their habits and shit, it's pretty kick-ass. I was actually super nervous when I did uh, uh, NPR about knobtails because Eric physically told me that Drew Leonard was going to listen to that one. <laughs> He's like looking over your shoulder in the background. And, and I was like, literally like, don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. <laughs> and to this day, I mean, I've never talked to Drew Leonard about it, but I still have this thing in the back of my mind, like him listening to it, like with a, with a drink in his hand going, the fuck's this guy talking about? It's, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. I mean, we've had him on the show. And mm-hmm. he's, he's awesome. I mean, he's he's like the the perfect example of the guys that they know a ton, like they're wealths of knowledge, but they're they're it doesn't give them a big head. They're easy to they're they're approachable and they're easy yes. to talk to. So, what's up, Vic? That's it. Victor. So, Coxie, are you outside right now? Yeah, I'm just sitting out back. We have like a little patio on our townhouse. <laughs> How cold is it? It's not cold at all. I'm like out here in like shorts and a t-shirt. He's just wearing oh, okay. a beanie just to make it look like it's cold. Yeah, I was gonna say like that beard and that beanie. You look f- frozen, dude. There's a light right here, and with this bald spot, it would like blind you guys. Okay, <laughs> you still have to put on shades. Justin to be hiding under the table. <laughs> ah, so how was your guys' weekend? What the weekend? It was. It was. Good. I know. I was off yesterday. We had our little, our, our, wasn't little, our, basically like a impromptu THP episode with Dom, um, which I've actually decided I'm just going to upload the, the audio to that Thursday like I normally would with any other THP. Um, okay. Because there's also like stuff in the beginning where we really didn't talk about a whole lot because we were kind of waiting on you that I'm just going to go ahead and cut out because we really didn't cover anything. So I honestly I I play with it a little bit, but I imagine you were going to cut out most of the stuff of like me showing off snakes and stuff. Cause I honestly, I didn't realize that it was going to be like a real THP episode. Otherwise I wouldn't have been so. Like a girl? No, 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 no. I <laughs> just like us having banter in the afternoon. I didn't realize it was like an episode, you know? Well, those yeah. are the best episodes is just banter. That's right. That's true. <clears throat> but yeah, Dom did come down. We had we had brunch with Jake. Well, I wouldn't even call it brunch because it was at a burger joint we have here that's pretty good. So it was like lunch at eleven. Um. I completely lost my train of thought. Then she come over. Yeah, she came over. Brunch. Yep, she came over, she saw Condros and the collection. She met Hector and Archie. Hector. Hector. And uh, and we decided to do Katie and uh, the girls had a birthday party to go to. So while they were gone, we did our thing and nice. talked about... She, did, she didn't smoke part of a cigar. I still have evidence. This is how much of a this is a robusto, mind you. This is how much Dom smoked of a cigar. I just lit this robusto and I smoked more than her. Yep. Shameful, Dominique. Shameful. Letting us down. Fucking letting us down, Dominique. What the hell? <sighs> this is this is why 
you buy the cheap cigars for the friends that don't smoke because they ain't going to finish them. I have guys come in the shop all the time. I'm going to buy them, but for a wedding, I don't want to spend a ton of money. I'm like, yeah, you don't because half these people are going to get drunk. They're going to smoke like two puffs, and they're going to forget where they put it. They're going to put it out. They're not even going to smoke at all. So I'm like, you buy the good stuff for the guys that you know smoke cigars, and then you buy the garbage for the people that are just want something to smoke to keep up with the everyone else. But the difference is, I got Dama Brickhouse, which are not expensive cigars, but they are very good cigars. They're very good. So I got her a Connecticut, and I was like, this is nice and mild. And immediately she's like something about... She felt like she licked like a lead pan or something. I don't yeah, know how she described yeah. it. I was like, "Oh, I f- my mouth feels like I ate cat litter all the time. It's fine." <laughs> I watched her do it. She did a great job. She did. Looking like a pro. She was scared. Looking like a pro. But it was and- good because we talked about like girls in the hobby and sort of like their perspective on things. Because I. You know, I, anybody can go watch it because it's on YouTube, um, but the audio version will be uploaded. Um, we just talked about, like, I mean, there's things that, I guess, happen in the hobby that we don't see because, A, we're guys. So, you know, it is a boys club, I will say. I, like, no one can really deny that, that her pediculture in the hobby or industry is mostly a male-dominated industry. And uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to get the perspective from... Outside of our own, but then we also talked about uh, Condros and sort of what it's like as a new person coming into Condros. You know, is it does it, the experience of that is it intimidating? Are you dealing with egos? Are you dealing? You know, was it a smooth ride? Was it kind of irritating because people were just too full of themselves? That kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, I was in and out during that episode because I was, I was like watch some of it, clean a little bit, watch some of it, mess with some fish, watch a little bit change water balls for the snakes and uh what was her summary on like getting into chondros now because i'm very curious what, You're like, uh, what it was what, what what did she say did she say it was like super intimidating getting into chondros now no i mean she said it was for the most part very i mean it wasn't wasn't difficult um I, I mean, I we covered a lot, so it's kind of hard for me to go back and remember exactly what oh, what she okay. said. But it's definitely it's definitely worth a listen. Yes. Yeah, I'm definitely have to sit down and listen. Which I think you should take the time that you're going to have free on Thursday to record a new episode of the Condro Cast. I'm just saying. Huh? He has a point. I could. Me and you're Luke good. and David have been talking about doing one for the last like month, and we keep saying we're gonna, and we haven't. So we totally should. Oh, Bill, where did they where did they come from? What? Bill got some Cohiba minis, but it's oh, okay. now it's the question of are they real Cohibas or are they counterfeit Cohibas? Which there's a very large market for counterfeit Cuban cigars. They're probably yeah, real then, and I'd, I'd imagine. They're probably legit. Legit. You know, I just realized we were talking about Ari. I'm wearing his friggin' shirt. I just noticed that. <laughs> it's a dope shirt. It's a dope shirt. It's a dope shirt. I haven't. I haven't read that book. I heard kind of mixed things about it. I had some people tell me. I mean, it was granted. It was not some people's. Only one or two, but uh, 
kind of say that it didn't really seem to cover too much as far as like, I guess the like ecology and natural history of Bowens, <clears throat> Bowens, and more so sort of the, it was more of like a travel sort of book rather than yes. a like a. a See, I, I don't own the book, but I thought it was his, it was a, his story of him doing. It. I mean, it's still interesting. Like, I'd still, yeah, I need to get a copy and check it out because it's still cool to it's see. It's an adventure book. But yeah, like, that's what it was described to me as. And being a Chondro guy and wanting to see sort of the habitats and stuff of New Guinea overall, you know, it's it's pretty neat, to see, especially recent, because we don't have many books that come out about New Guinea at all to where we can get an idea of, you know, we have books from way back when with pictures of landscape and stuff, and obviously things change a lot, so. Yeah. Yeah. I have Marco Shea's Snakes of Papua. And that book is an amazing book, but it's extremely dated. I didn't even know he did one. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a book I want. I'm What's not that? surprised. What'd you say, Gox? I said something like a book I want. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an awesome book. It barely touches on green trees. There's maybe like four pages on green trees, but then it goes into. Um, locality pinpoints uh of where they found choice specimens and that's that's really cool and it's got tons of maps tons of maps in that book that's one thing i it's very yeah that's one thing i wish we had is like a book just of like a section of papua here's pictures of condors found in that area just broken down by like i guess quadrant of subspecies Right. And then you can kind of see that, yeah, you're going to get some that look very similar to other localities, but they're not the same. Kind of like Alterna, too, but um, let me see. Mike said, Mike said it's a difficult – the discussion with Dom is a difficult subject to have a discussion on. You guys handled it well, very productive, so. Well, thank you. And then Lavizza said, that's very true. I've been treated like shit a few times, but then there's guys like you guys who don't treat us like shit, which is cool, so. So yeah, that's the oh, book. Oh, uh, okay, I've seen that. Yeah, and that book is absolutely awesome. Um, and it, it covers everything. And I, I mean, I got it honestly for the venomous stuff because Papua New Guinea has such a diverse selection of mm-hmm. you know eccentric venomous. You know, everything from the the, the Taipan subspecies and the Sudecus species, and you know the small-eyed snakes and stuff, and. Uh, it covers a lot of really cool resources and he, he kind of breaks it down by, you know, harmless and mildly venomous and super duper venomous. And again, the maps are awesome and his pictures are actually really, really good pictures, but it is, it is dated. And I'm sure with like Natusha's stuff on the green trees and all the stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, David and Owen did with the Taipans, I'm sure there's a lot that can be updated. That's a crazy thing. If you think about Papua, um, that's literally like a like another planet because you know it's super remote. Not a lot of information comes out of there unless mm-hmm. people like are like, yeah, I guess I'm okay with being headhunted. You know, yeah, this yeah. is fine. <clears throat> and to think that you know Ari did what he could to, for lack of a better word, finagle his way in there, and you know become accepted by them. That's a hell of a story, man. Hell of a story. Dude, there's some parts in that book where he talks about like, uh, I'm not gonna like say what because it's I think you should read it just to get the tension and stuff off it. But uh, like they talk Avo- about like avoiding going, to not get eaten. Well, it's not even like not get eaten. Like you, you also think like 
it's like political unrest and shit. Like there's a whole like, you know, they want Papua to be one United Nation. So you're like having like negotiate with like uh, rebels and like, you know, sneak past guys are like blocking road with like guns and machetes. Like, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll kill a white dude who shows up there. Yeah. I can't remember whose podcast he was on basically saying that if he ever had to go into town for something, he would, you know, pull a hoodie over his face and cover his face with a hoodie and wear gloves so they couldn't see his white hands. And I remember him saying that. And uh, I'll never forget when I first started talking to Justin and Jake and like trying to like weasel my way into the podcast. Um, Here he is. He succeeded. What's that? I said, Here he is. He succeeded. <laughs> um, I remember telling them, I was like, dude, have you guys ever heard of this guy named Ari with the Bowens Pythons? This dude's amazing. You got to have him on the show. And Justin's like, yeah, yeah, we, we've done that already. <laughs> we haven't. Oh, you haven't? No. I thought we did. No. Mm. I think about the time, like, it was obviously it's the, the small community podcast issue of we wanted to, and then he was on Joe's show, I think. And so we're like, all right, we'll circle back. And then it just, yeah. we never circled back, so. Well, we'll have to do that. There's a whole list of people that we, well, that was the case. We're like, we need to have them on. And then it's like, well, you know, they already, they were on NPR last week or they were on, you know, from the ground up or they were on whatever, yeah. you know, so. Yep. That musical chairs. That's like. Podcasts. Well, we yeah, said it before, that, that's what happens. What's that, Cox? I was going to say, like, because I remember there was a few times where it's happened just by, like, people not even noticing. Like, Joe had uh, Jason Hood on one time, and, like, that same, like, week mm-hmm. he was on NPR, and he was like, oh, well, I get to listen to Jason Hood for five hours now. Well, it's, it's <laughs> funny, too, that that even had, like, no one even cares. Like, it wouldn't bother me so much because it's, like, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that didn't get get enough time I mean, topic wise right. so it's like there's plenty of stuff we can cover usually you know I'll listen to NPR stuff see kind of what they ask so I'm kind of avoiding those questions myself and you know, you know. well that's like that's speaking of Natush that's like you, you know when you did when you had Natush on your show and then that same week you know Eric yeah. and Owen had him and that was just a conflict uh, not a conflict excuse me that was a, a scheduling issue of you know Natush had so much time that he could do it, and it worked out for his schedule and your guys' schedule. But at the same time, I listened to both because it was a, like you said, it was a different show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was me and Luke just absolutely <clears throat> nerding out at the fact that he even would even come on the show. I remember emailing with him back and forth, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going. I'm going to be away for the next like two weeks. Hit me up then." And I was like, "Oh, okay." The old brush off. Yeah. The old. Talk to me in a month response. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And then I did. And he's like, yeah, man, we'll do it this date. And I was like, oh. And I was like, Luke, <laughs> it happened. Like, yep. it's real. <laughs> I love listening to Luke nerd out on the Contro cast because he gets that little giddy giggle. And you're like, oh, he's, yeah. he's jazzed. <laughs> right. What's all this weasel shit in the comments? Was a weasel. Wolf of weasels. <laughs> oh God. So uh what, what were we gonna what were we planning on talking about tonight? We had an actual thing we wanted to talk about now. I forgot it. The main thing is what we very briefly talked about yesterday was hobby versus community. 
Oh yes, yeah. Well, I guess I mean, would you even say hobby versus community versus industry? Um, I feel like there is kind of a subsection of people that do this as their full time job, and it's slightly different for them than it is the people that are like I would hobby say businesses. I would say that it is. Yes, I would say definitively there's three different avenues, and I would say that hobbyists can be in the community, and the community could be an industry. But I find it rare that industry is in the hobby. But I mean, let's let's dissect that. Let's, let's talk amongst yourselves. Let's, let's break it down. Break it down. So the conversation to, Pull to the my secrets degree, out of Cox's beard. Yes, yes. Along with the, the fishing, I feel like there's a flaming hot Cheeto buried in there somewhere. If I dig deep enough, I'll probably pull it out. I feel like there's baby veiled chameleons just crawling out. <laughs> no, but I definitely <laughs> agree that there's a there's a huge difference between community community, hobby, and industry. Because uh, I mean, if you just go to Tinley and look around, when you see a uh, gourmet rodent versus you know. Uh, Eric Burke, and then you have the people that walk around with a ball python on their head. Uh, those are three very, very different people. Which is the person with the... Like, everybody's in the community, but not everybody in the community is a hobbyist. And then, I say the hobbyists are the people who like flirt with the idea of becoming full-time industry. Like, you know, wanting to have a, a warehouse full of racks and, you know, do that full-time. But it takes a certain crazy individual to do that. But now, see, I think people, it's interesting. I think they flirt aligned with it. I think it's interesting that you you just mentioned that the the hobbyists are into the community. When I have, you know, I'll use my cousin for example. My cousin is very enthusiastic about reptiles. Is he enthusiastic on the same level that we are? Absolutely not. He thinks they're super cool. He has five or six animals in his home that he keeps in in naturalistic Bavaria. Um, is he researching plants? No. Is he researching substrate layers and different, you know, stuff of, and lighting? And no, no, no. He goes to, the, to, to he goes to underground reptiles retail store. He said, "I want a bearded dragon." He got a setup. He then evolved that setup to be a little bigger, a little better, and he knows how to take care of it. And that's it. And he loves his bearded dragon and he plays with it and takes pictures of it and has fun with it. But he is not interested in the community at all. That's just it's just not his thing. And I feel like I, I see a lot more of that from hobby with parents that buy their kids a pet and the kid may evolve to be in the community, but the parents are never going to be in the community. That's just, that's just a hobby for their children. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's, it's not necessarily. What was that Ryan? Look at him staring gallantly. Did he freeze or is it just I've, deep in fire? I don't know. Both. I think he froze. Really? Dominique, screenshot that. He's majestic as hell. That's a boss feelings meme if I ever saw one. That is that is majestic. With the light. Too busy chasing guy. people in their dreams. I forgot to chase my own. <laughs> he gone. He did. Oh, no, there he is. Look, it ain't CenturyLink, Mike. Not today. It ain't me. Knock on wood. I got the Scott Eifer for internet. Oh, HughesNet. How about now? I mean, we can hear you, but you're still like a, a figment, an apparition. Oh, okay. Well, as long as like, you can still hear me, it's all that matters. That's right. And like, oh, you know, Dominique's still good. Do they? 
<laughs> he says as he, as he drops out. I was going to turn off. Oh, I was gonna turn okay. Off. There you go. No, I'm still here, you fuckers. Oh, perfect. You fuck sticks. Now you can't make memes of me. <laughs> I'll bet you Dahmer so, yeah, got it. I, I, I think that they're... You know, what constitutes a hobbyist? And I think the hobbyist is sharing the passion for the animal, sharing the passion for the husbandry, and oh, we're very glad that Scott is here. He's talking smack about his internet, and he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> got that Scott um, over internet, he said. Yeah. But no, I think that, you know, be, uh, being in the hobby is a great way to segue into community. Um, and I feel like, obviously, you would not be in the community if you were not in the, the hobby. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Right. True, true, true. I don't know. I, the way I see it, it's like, it's not necessarily, they're, they're more like levels that everyone sort of goes, either goes through or doesn't go through. Like, I mean, my dad's a good example. Like, he loves his gray bands when he keeps stuff. He, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of similar to Eric Burke's dad, I guess, but like, loves, loves the hobby and the, the doing of the keeping of the snakes but is he involved in groups and is he involved right. in podcasts and is he like actively, you know, in certain circles and talking to people on a regular basis? To, you know, is he aware of if he's in the con, like, you know, my dad, I tell him a condor lookout. He's, he's not going to know what it is. Yeah. Nor is but he going to just, be curious enough to, right. to research it, which is nothing. It's not a slight He knows again. what he likes. It's to each their own. Right. Um, <clears throat> they, I, I feel a good example. But, like, the industry thing, like, I, I Reptile Basics comes to mind because they switched owners, I think, in the semi-recent history. Uh, but I don't I don't even know who owns it anymore. And, I mean, that's, that's a thing of, like, that's someone who's very in the industry but isn't necessarily in the community because you don't see these people active and... Like cigar, you know, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, cigars, good example, and craft beer, or bourbon, or really anything. Um, so, you, like cigars, I'll I'll be there. Like you have you have guys that smoke cigars, and then you have cigar smokers. You know, you have guys that drink gin, and then you have gin drinkers. Right, and you uh, take it a step further. You have guys that smoke cigars, then you have cigar smokers, and the guys who smoke cigars aren't necessarily going to be as enthusiastic about learning brands and learning, you know, wrapper and filler and binder and all that. While as the cigar smoker, he may smoke a lot of cigars, but he still may not have that connoisseur level, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's even, there's levels and in, in even broken down into that, you know, as far as how yeah. involved in it are you and... Uh, I mean, we like, but at the same time, there is crossover between the community and the industry because you look at the owners of Romacraft, which is uh, Skip Martin and Michael Rosales. Uh, they're very involved in the community. Like, they've built a, a really awesome brand, and they they have a community around that brand, and they're active in that. And yeah, you know, they're they're attainable. It's kind of like we talked about. Like, you can send Skip and Michael Rosales a friend request on Facebook, and like you can message them at any point, and they'll they'll answer you. Uh, yeah. 
you know, you're not going to get that with Fuente. You're not going to get that with, um, you know, Drew Estate. You're not going to get that with the big, big companies. Um, but I mean, I think like even the magazine is kind of a good example of that. Like people see a magazine, they think that it's some giant, like these, the guys that do this are in some sort of like out of reach area. We don't know who they are. We don't know. Like, no, like we're right here. You message us on Instagram. You're talking to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like people think there's sort of a facade, I guess, with people thinking that if you do podcasts, YouTube, um, magazines, if you're, you know, a high level breeder, someone like Matt Most, you know, Matt Most, he's very easy to talk to. Um, no, it's just stuff like that. Like it, I don't know. These things, it, it happens with pet shops too. Like you assume that the people that own a, a, a like a reptile store know what they're doing because they've gone the distance to own a store. Yeah. Yeah. When that isn't the case most of the time. Yeah. It's very few and far between. In fact, <clears throat> I have a very oh, hard time sure. talking in a straight line. So. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, I think there's definitely, it's the same thing with, with overall like hobby versus community. Like you have people that are very involved in the community that are in the hobby. You have people that are very into the hobby, but not involved in the community. And then you can have people that I guess are kind of all encompassing and sort of all of these things. I think of uh, Ashley and Steven at Focus Cubed. Like they were very much involved in the community and the hobby before they became involved in like the industry as far as cage making. You know, Sean at MP Cages and Exotics, same way. Yeah. You know, so there is, it's just interesting. Uh, and then I, I guess that goes into sort of like the whole conversation of like legitimacy and like gatekeepers and yeah thresholds yeah. you have to cross into to be considered, you know, a member of any of the three. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't but I think, know. uh, I think Cox and I are, are a classic example of hobbyist that has, you know, encompassed themselves with community, but we're not, you know, we have aspects of industry, but we're not industry per se. I don't want to speak for Ryan, but like, I mean, Ryan I doesn't have, his beard. Ryan doesn't have, you know, 500 retakes, but Ryan, I consider a, a, a viable wealth of knowledge in that field of animals. You know, and you know, well, Drew Ryan and I, he's the guy to talk to if you want to know anything about ball pythons. <laughs> For sure, yeah, I'll tell you everything about that. The sub-Saharan ball pythons. And like, I think, I think about myself and how I produce stuff, but like, I'm not, I'm not keeping my animals to produce them and make a profit and do that. I keep the animals because I love the animals, mm-hmm. and eventually there may come a time when I am selling an animal for profit, but. If I didn't have this show, if I didn't have my friends that I have in this community, I would still keep the animals and I would still be the hobbyist. But I, I feel like I've reached out to, to find a community and that has put me in the community spot. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, Jeff Jeff hit it pretty well. He said, being able to talk to people we look up to still amazes me. I fangirl all the time. And I mean, that's the case for everybody. Legit. Like the fact that, the yeah. fact that I can message Eric Burke Rob Stone, Harlan, like people that uh, Trump hour, you know, guys like that that are that have been in the hobby a very long time, the community for a very long time. Scott Eisberg so is much literally right. watching and listening to us right now. 
And How many times have we talked about that off camera? Yes. Yes. The fact that Rob like Stone every, is there's hero. always a. What's that? Was that right? I, I have to buy that shirt oh, still. Said. Oh, the Rob Stone shirt. You get that? That needs to be shirts. Rob Stone is my hero. Yeah, we have to make those shirts. I'm going to wear it. No one's gonna. No one's gonna know what it is it, locally, but I don't care. It's gonna be amazing. I still, That's when you sit there and tell them, let me tell you about our Lord and Savior, Rob Stone. Exactly. And just to go back to what Jeff said, like, I remember the day, and this is so, like, cliche, but I remember the day that Rob Stone messaged me on Facebook, and his opening line was, I thought we were already friends. What the hell? <laughs> and then he proceeded to give me <laughs> advice on the monsters. And it's like, that's amazing, you know? It's amazing. Oh, man, Cox, she got it, buddy. You are now a meme. Oh, yeah. Send it, baby. Send it. Let's throw it up. Oh, it's, it's okay. I hate her so much. <laughs> Dominique just text me. Check your Facebook Messenger. <laughs> Here we go. What do we got? What do we got? Okay. Dominique. That's that is that what Jeff is saying though, and what we're talking about with people that we look up to enjoying the stuff we do. Like that's that's I don't I feel like that's something you don't see in a lot of a lot of hobbies, communities, and industries. Yeah, I don't think you see in a lot of it at all. Anything. Look at that. Too busy watching people live out their dreams to actually chase them myself. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> you know who you look like? You look like um, Brad from, uh, what was that? It was like Cigars Daily or something. It was him and Tim. He looks just like, I got to find it. Oh, I thought it was like Discount Austin Ward. I got to find it. Now it's got to happen. That's got to happen. But no, I'm with you. Like, it's so funny. Like, you can go to, like, you know, Daytona or Tinley, and you can talk to people who, like, you've idolized. Like, the coolest part of my, like, reptile keeping, you know, this this go-around, like, experience uh, was getting to go to Matt Minotola's house with Jake and everybody. And, like, Matt's like, he's like, oh, yeah, come on, man. Come down to the basement. We'll look at, the, at some short tails. Oh, here's a retake. Here's a chondro. Here's a, here's a rough scale. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm in Matt Minotola's fucking snake room. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, man. I hate y'all. Oh, man. Mike says he's making a shirt of me. Oh, this is going to be bad. That's going to be bad. Oh, Andy just sent me a photo. I heard, <laughs> I heard Trump's missing ballots are hidden in Cox's beard. <laughs> what is this? Andy, what did you send me? I don't know. Did you send it to me, too? I, I can't even I don't think we can put this up. I think YouTube would take that down. I see. It looks like it looks like Dwight It looks like Dwight from the office. <laughs> I wanna see it. We told you quit putting porn hub up. I'm putting this I'm putting this up, Andy. I don't know I don't know what this is, but it's going up. Thomas said, 
The community that the Herpeticulture Network has created is unmatched in any other hobby that I am a part of. It's simply fan fucking tastic. Oh, I what what is that? Yeah. What is happening? I don't know. Thank God that people is, is very disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I thought Andy was cleaning chondros. Oh, I have to turn this off. Apparently, he's into something much more sinister. Whew. I don't, I don't want to see that ever again in my entire life. Please don't ever put that you up again. You can't unsee that. No, <laughs> here's the thing. That's the guy who shows up to a Repticon and goes, yeah, I got a ball python and a leopard gecko. I'll buy the white lid. I keep them together. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, so many bad choices. And then our homies in the Great White North at the Canadian Herpetical There was two. Said, I don't know where the other one went. There's, there's lots of ways to go Met in the community. Months. All depends on how much effort and interest you put in. People all have different paths they take, which is true. Well said. Well yep. said. That's like if I didn't know you all, I wouldn't be on the voyage of bullshit going down Morelia. Because even like being into them. I was like, eh, I don't think I'll ever keep one. And then Jake's like, you want to pop one? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and now it won't eat. Which, okay, do you are you guys aware that he produced a clutch this year? Yeah. He said that at lunch yesterday, and I was like, when did you produce a clutch this year? He did. They're, I saw them in person. Uh -oh. They're amazing. And he's like, dude, I did. I was like, no, you didn't. I was oh. very I have no recollection of him telling me that he produced a clutch of poplins. I shared pictures of them on the show. You never pay attention to me. <laughs> I just I was like what? Yeah. And dude, there's so much lavender in them. They're gorgeous babies. Absolutely gorgeous babies. At the same time, that does kind of explain why the ones from 2019 just haven't grown. I was like, man, those those things are never going to get bigger than yearling size. They're stuck at that size forever. <laughs> Here is, uh, I didn't take many photos. I only took photos of the ones I really liked, which is kind of two snakes on my part. No, no, he, he had a lot. <laughs> these babies actually stood out to me. Like, that baby is just intense. And I still need to mess with the white balance a little bit of that photo because I was going to say the lighting is is what's intense and not in a good way. Yeah, the uh, the the white balance is off, but the hues in that snake are just totally captivating. And like all of this in here, I mean, it's obviously a cell phone field photo. You know, bear with me, but it's just awesome. It this one, don't hype me. I'm That one is just stellar. Yeah, man, those like when you get a, a that purple popwin, the ones I, I had years ago so that bad. were they were M pen lines. Boy, those things were when they shed, they were straight up lavender in between yeah. the the bands. It was incredible, incredible. And then this one, there's one more photo I'll show you. This one is one of his. Um, I don't remember if Billy produced this one, but this photo just does not do it justice. That animal is so intense. And it was one of those things where, like, we're hanging out, we're talking, we're bullshitting, I'm um, taking pictures of snakes, we're pulling stuff up, you know, we're dodging the strikes from these babies. And I really didn't, I didn't focus on taking a good picture. I was just so enamored with the animal that, it, I mean, if you look at it, it, 
I mean, I hate to like compare it to other species, but like when I see this in here, this this definitive banding with this coloration, all I can think of is like, you know, Namibian banded wrinkles, cobras, you know, and I see this head and it has very much, you know, jungly markings <laughs> with, the, with the peanut butter coloration. It's just an awesome animal. He loves Pompwin so much that they remind him of every other snake that isn't a Pompwin. <laughs> what? No, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like one snake that has some of my favorite attributes of all these other species. That's how I look at it. He says, I, I see that Pompwin and I instantly think of Rinkles. I see that Pompwin, I think of Florida Copper Mouse. Oh my God, I hate you both. Oh, me and Dom were doing to him yesterday bed. too. Because, oh, you are. Yeah. It's, dude, oh. Oh. It tell tell everybody to quit ordering shit. And I can stay up later. Oh. Okay. Everyone quit ordering shit. Quit ordering. Quit. Got, quit getting goddamn Amazon. cat litter. He's leaving us. <laughs> He's still bitter about the cat litter. Dude, no. I got to tell you about this. My buddy had one better yesterday. He had, uh, he had fifteen boxes, and they were fifty pound bags of cat litter, and he literally stacked Ooh. it one on top of, each, of the other. So it's 15 boxes high. He got he brought a ladder in front of this lady's door because he was so bitter about it. Oh, the life and times of a delivery driver. Tell him to go to Sam's Club. Get right. Get somewhere else. Fuck all you all. Surely they have like delivery. But you kids have fun. Coxite was great seeing you. Night. <laughs> Later, buddy. He gone. Henry says, you don't want to know what I see. I imagine it's something along the lines of King Cobra, Cobra food. food. See, Andy said he'll do preposterous things for Purple Popwins, and hey, <laughs> you send me one of those James Oakdale Chondros, and I will go and raid every Purple Chondro Jake has and send it to you myself. I could easily break into his place and get anything I wanted. And he stumbles down the hallway at three in the morning. Smitty, what are you doing? I'm sleeping. Go to sleep. Oh, fine. Sleep. Don't forget to close the door. Don't let the cat out. <laughs> Mike, Phil, it will not breathe. I'm bummed. <laughs> I lost. I lost my female pop one, so I just. I just had my male. And he's going to go to Jake as soon as Jake is ready and has, I guess, the space and stuff. So, yeah, who knows when that's going to be. But I'm super amped, man, for starting to cool stuff down. And oh, you damn it. Middleton, you were killing me, dude. He's got like instant close access to some of the. Best conjures in the freaking country, if not the world. And just best snakes in the world. Constitutes most of his collection is just incredible conjures. And I'm sitting here oh, like, trying to figure out which, which kidney I want to sell to potentially right. get one. Trying to decide if I'm going to do the left or the right. Ooh. Maybe Ooh. donate blood and semen. Not mixed together. Not mixed together. Sell my lawnmower. Maybe the cat. I don't know. Don't you dare sell that poor sweet heck I can sell a whole clutch of basic Biox and get maybe get one of those Chondros. 
And then I'm sure I will get it and it will die. Don't say that. Why would you jinx yourself like that? Um, let's. Can we go back to the whole her uh, community hobby industry thing? Yes. We really didn't. We kind of, you know, departed from that. Yes. So the general consensus is there's nothing wrong with any of them. And there's no nothing says you can't be in all three. Um, but I do find it very interesting how certain people are more than content with just the hobby aspect and other people, you know, look to look for the community value of it. Um, and then I know value that's there. There's a lot of value. There's a ton of value. Look at all the friends that we have. Look at the, the friends that I've made in the past two years alone is, is amazing. The international friends, the, the nationwide friends, I think it's fantastic. That's why I love doing it. That's what keeps that's what keeps me doing it. To be honest. No, I mean we definitely like as far as our, I don't want to say click or but like our gang and our, our little sort of crew or, it's awesome because I mean yeah it's like us who talk on a daily basis but then it's also you know Mike and Andy and everyone that's in the chat you know we yeah. all talk to on a on a pretty regular basis and yeah like it's awesome you know it's. I don't, it, it's the same thing, like meeting guys like, well, I guess d- digitally meeting guys like Nipper, but knowing yeah. that, like, if I went over there, they're cool, you know, like we can hang out and yeah. he's not going to murder me. And, yep. you know, that's always nice. So. Absolutely. And I feel I, like they may pay me to keep my semen. That's possible. <laughs> I was going to say is we, we make the jokes and we, we make the assumptions, but if you'd asked me 10 years ago that I would be friends with someone in the UK and we would be legit friends having never met in person to the point where if I did cross the pond, if he would welcome me with open arms, I would have said you were crazy. That's you know? super. Oh, crazy. The friends on the internet. What is it? Some creepy guy in his basement. No. Isn't it interesting how that's changed? It, you remember well, like not not that long ago it was one of those oh you're friends with them on the internet you don't even know who they are they're probably yeah, a you're murder. Real it's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So Hello, I'm sorry, I can barely hear anything because the rain is just so freaking loud. Oh my god, can you hear that? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, really hoping the wind doesn't just change, you know. Oh, my stars. We can hear you fine. I imagine so. I'm, I'm doing my best to not change my tone of voice. I may have to go get headphones. Then again, it is Florida, and it may stop in 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to get headphones. He's looking for a ghost. <coughs> no, it's it's awesome. I feel like given social media and stuff, sort of the good really does outweigh the bad at the end of the day. Like, I know a bunch of really awesome people. It's everyone that's in this chat. Uh, you know, anybody that reads the magazine, listens to any of the podcasts, like all that stuff. It's just it's awesome. Yeah, Thomas, dude, those guardians are freaking awesome. 
What was what? Later, Bill. And love is like that's the kind of stuff that that like I want people to be as stoked about snakes and stuff as I am because it's it's such such a cool hobby and there's so many cool species out there that when you get a you know a, an egg eater which I've never kept but I've always wanted some like I'm excited for you because that's like they're they're cool even if you got it unintentionally and it was like somehow snuck into your bag uh, you know it's awesome that that you get the confidence to, to go ahead and take on the challenge of, of that. And, you know, I'm always, I, I like to help people out. And I like to take Phil's angry scrubs. Yes. Yes. You make them angry. I actually, I was going to move. I Dude, I got I had so much stuff I wanted to get done today that I just never got to. So, A, we got a neighbor at the end of the street. B, he has this pit bull who's like the sweetest dog ever. And there's a hole in this fence, so she gets out. So, like, literally all day I've had this dog just wandering around the front of the house. And I've been out hanging out with him. I ran and cleaned mice and ran to tractor supply and all that other stuff. And then this dog is still there, and so... This guy works like crazy long hours because he didn't get home until like eight. So I've had this dog all day, and I felt bad because she she wanted to like go with me everywhere, and I almost took her with me into town because I was like I don't want her to just roam the street. She didn't have a collar or anything because I think she slips her collar and that's how she gets out. Uh, but you knew it was his dog. Well, yeah, because he got out the other day and Katie found her. Okay. She got out the other day, and Katie found her. And so she, he came out looking for her, and Katie was like, oh, here he is. So, it's... Uh, and I saw it looks like Archibald plays well. Yeah, I mean, at first this morning when I walked, I was get, I walked out the front door to walk Archie, like I do every morning, and uh, the pit bull's name is Maya, and she came, like... She was moving at a pretty brisk pace, so I, like, saw really just built pit bull and I'm like oh crap like what's going on because Archie's kind of weird about other dogs at first he takes a little while to kind of warm up especially bigger dogs so I was kind of like oh here we go and so they kind of started like growling at each other at first and then after a few minutes Archie was like oh okay you're cool and I'll start running around and playing and then they just chase each other around the yard for most of the afternoon and but I didn't want her to roam free because people are going to see a you know, a pit bull and freak out and think that it's going to murder their whole family and then go after their relatives in another state. And, right, right. You know, she's she's really is, like, the sweetest dog. You know, she's very well behaved. 
walked right into our house. I was like, wait a second, we got a cat in there, because I know that dog chases cats. And I was like, mm, you can't have Hector. Sorry. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm sure Archie like you know, running around and playing, and I'm sure he, tired he, him out a little bit. He needs more friends. Do you think that the guy is going to fix his gate, or do you think it's going to be one of those things where, oh, the, you know, the Smith household will take care of my dog for the day? Uh, better. I mean, if it is, then we're keeping that damn dog. <laughs> if that's going to be the case, then that's my dog. Well put. I didn't almost feed Hector to the Brettles, Dom. I was showing Dom all the snakes and stuff, and Hector got into the snake room, and I was showing her the big Brettles. Mm-hmm. And I opened the like the front of the cage, and he kind of started coming out. And she's like, "Wait, what about Hector?" And I was like, "Oh shit! Like that's a very real possibility." <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I kind of shoved him back in there and then closed the door, and then found <laughs> Hector and kicked his ass out. Is he still going underneath those uh, underneath that that one uh, rat snake rack with all the wires and everything? Yeah, everything. Dude, he has to find those wires. He was like swatting at one the other day, like because I guess he thought it was alive. Because now he just sits at the bottom of that of that one rack that has all the uh, beards and stuff in it, and it has my female hognose in the very bottom. Mm-hmm. And he sits there and hits the glass with his paw, and that hognose, of course, like spazzes out and hisses and like banks her head against the thing. It's just you know. yeah. I had to lock him, like put him in the bathroom while I clean cages today. Like I did complete substrate changes on almost everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, got a big-ass bag of Aspen and everything. And so I was like, I'm not going to play this game with you while I'm doing this. It's not happening. So he got put in, in his little cell for an hour or so, hour and a the half. The dungeon. Yep. Dude, that first just, night. Just the bathroom. Yeah. The, and, and just to paint a picture, it's a beautiful bathroom. And it's it's not like a prison cell. It's a nice guest bathroom. And it has a kitty litter pan and some toys and a little bed, and it looks cute for the cat. But that first night when I was sleeping on the couch, for that first 20 minutes before I passed out, all I heard was, Yeah, and he plays with the little door stopper thing. The little oh, the springs bang. on the bottom of the doors. Yeah, he yeah. plays with that all night long. And at this point, I just ignore it. But Yeah. He, like, jumped in the shower with Katie the other morning. Oh, really? I don't, he, I don't think he knew that the water was, like, on, and he just jumped in there. Like, homeboy has no fear, dude. <laughs> He's too cute for his own good. Yeah. It's almost gross that's, how that's cute he is. his only saving grace, because he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure I have some pictures from when I was there. Of Hector. Jeff, hit me up. He wants to pick my brain about setting up this summer's Northwest Carpet Fest because they are hosting, which means, Phil, that we need to go out there. Okay. um, When's that going to be? I don't know. He said this summer, so. Okay. I hate hate planes so much, man. They make me so nervous. Look, this is what you do. You fly down here, and then you and I can do it together. I'll hold your hand. Northwest is in Washington. Northeast is in Pennsylvania. I don't even think they call it Northeast. I think they just call it, like, 
Carpet Fest, like the original. OG. But I do want to, like, I do want to get out to more Carpet Fests. Because only going to Southeast is, I mean, it's cool and all, but I haven't traveled a whole lot, and it would be nice to see other parts of our great country. It would, most definitely. And fellow herpers in the area. Imagine, you know, we can herp it, too. Especially since it'll be in summer. I mean, that's one of the problems with Southeast is that, yeah, it's still Florida and it's moderately comfortable weather, but you're not going to find anything in February. I mean, if you do, it's on roads and it's got to be a warm day. You know? I mean, I would love to go to like Montana, man. Oh, yeah. Like out there, just like Utah, you know. Mm-hmm. Jeff, if you're planning it, buddy, I got plenty of tips for you. We have been talking about a West Texas trip. Whenever that's going to happen, we don't know. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Because I want to go to Tinley. <clears throat> you know, Daytona's next year, which we're planning to vend. Uh, you know, there's just there's a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I had to choose between going to Tinley or Pomona. And then going on like to a carpet fest with herping, I would definitely do the carpet fest and herping. Hands down. Dude, Cox could totally is Cox considered Midwest? Is Kentucky considered no, Midwest? I don't think so. I always thought um, grades like are overrated. Minnesota. College is overrated. I say that as a dropout. Yeah, Dominique, didn't you just get a really nice, cool job? You don't need college anymore. Just drop out. Fuck it. Be bougie. That was a joke. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the closest. Those. Yeah, the closest thing to the to a Midwest one, I think, is the one in Texas. So I was gonna say, if, if Cox hosts it in Kentucky, I will drive to Kentucky. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Boy, and then pick Justin, me up on your way here. I'm not picking you up on the way, bro. That's like six hours in the wrong direction. No, it's not. <laughs> if Billy didn't live in Tampa, if Billy lived in like Melbourne or like Coco, that would be awesome. Because then I could drive up, get him, then come up, get you and Jake, and then we both just you know beeline it west to uh, to Cox, grab Casey on the way, and call it a day. I don't even know. I don't. Uh... I don't think Southeast Carpet Fest is going to happen this year. No, I assumed it wasn't. Um, just for anybody who's been wondering, A, like COVID, B, last year there was a fair bit of um, turmoil, if that's the right word. So I think it's Tur- okay. For, I don't know what to call it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it turmoil. I mean. There was consternation okay so i, I think i think it's time. i mean just as far as like the planning and stuff and the auction yeah. and whatnot i think it's a, if we took a year off from southeast carpet fest i think if we did in 2022 it would be people would be more excited about it shenanigans yeah. is a good word too yeah shenanigans both fun and not fun yes yeah, I think it was a, just a classic case of too many men in the foxhole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Too many, uh, 
too many Chiefs and not enough Indians. I have too seen a mountain. I've been to Sugar Mountain up in North Carolina. People ski there Wait. and stuff. Okay, so I have definitively been on multiple mountains in my life. I have climbed above 12,000 feet on my own. I know you like Rocky Mountain people are like, oh, that's nothing. But I've been on a mountain or two. I've been to Rainier. I've been to Mount St. Helen. Oh, I climbed the Lost Dutchman in Arizona. That's the thing? Yeah. It's right on the Why border of Tonto National Forest. <laughs> Why is it called the Lost Dutchman? Uh, because I guess there was a... Uh, someone's going to correct me, but I guess it was like a, a Dutch trader who settled there during frontier times, and I guess he got lost up there. So they named it after, named the state park after him. <clears throat> Just makes me think of the Flying Dutchman in Spongebob. You know, I've never actually sat through an entire episode. Are you kidding me? No. When I was a kid, there was a girl that I liked, and she was like, I'd rather I'd rather date Spongebob than you. And I was like, fuck that sponge. <laughs> Put a bad taste in my mouth. Miss Ratliff is out. <laughs> we will see you later. Bye. Ratliff, Ratliff, Ratliff. Love that. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Well, it was, in fact, a Girl Scout. I was not a Girl Scout. I was a Boy Scout for like a year and a half, two years. Went on some campouts. It was fun. Not for me. See, Andy, you know that's funny because Andy says if anybody finds themselves in uh, Connecticut, uh, they're welcome to come by for a good time. Look, you know the Uh, best part about going to Connecticut is? What? Getting the fuck out. See, we I lived there as a kid. My dad was stationed in Groton at one point, and out of all the places we lived, I'm not going to lie, Groton was my favorite. Really? And we lived in Hawaii. That's really bizarre. Groton. Do you have, like, Stockholm Syndrome or something? No, dude. Groton was just gorgeous, like, any time of year, like, especially fall. Oh, my God. It was amazing up there, dude. I'll take your word that for was, it. like, the one place that if, like, if I could go back, to visit, especially. Because, I mean, Groton's on the coast. Like, it's not... I don't know. I didn't go anywhere else in the state of Connecticut. I just went to Groton. So, my my exposure to that state was awesome. I think my favorite place to visit in autumn is a small town that's about an hour northwest of Fairfax, Virginia, called... I think it's called Littleton? Or Littlefield? Little Might be Littleton. Littleton. But uh, my friend and I were doing like a historical vacation. We did a road trip. We did um, we did Manassas and we did Gettysburg and went to D.C. and stuff because I had done all that stuff as a kid and he's from Florida. He never did it before. So we took a week and visited some you know Civil War battlefields and stuff and we found out there was a gun shop that did strictly collectible military pre-1945 and it was in this little town of Littleton and when you drive up Weird. there, what's that? Little town called Littleton. What a oh, concept. yeah. Anyway. Uh, bizarre. Um, when we're driving through, it was November, and like, I'm not thinking about it, but you're in the, the tippy top of the Appalachian area, and it was breathtaking. And like, I found myself like having delusions of Copeland, Appalachian Spring, you know? And it was just an awesome, beautiful place with cool old guns. I have heard, like, upstate New York and everywhere except New York City itself is really pretty in the fall, too. Yeah. 
I wouldn't know. <clears throat> Speaking of like Civil War stuff, can I rant about Antebellum some more? Antebellum? That movie I was watching the other day at work. Go ahead. First of all, what's it? What is the premise? If I told you, I'd ruin it. I don't if care. That matters. Okay. So I'm not going to watch it. Antebellum is about this lady author, this African American lady author, who finds herself in Civil War times, but then. So she's like the movie like the first like 45 minutes of the movie is like takes place in like a like a plantation in Louisiana during the Civil War. Okay. And then she wakes up and it's like modern times and she's an author and she's doing book tours and stuff and she sees these people that are like the same people she saw on the plantation that were like running the plantation. Like but then, 200, 200 years ago. Well, it gets it gets here's it gets it gets kind of stupid. Okay. Okay, so she starts seeing people that were in the plantation, like the people running it. Then she gets captured, like they they like abduct her. In she's modern back, time, she's back in this plantation. Come to find out, it's this crazy senator and his kids took a Civil War reenactment area and have basically been like capturing black people and keeping them there, like slaves. It was. They labeled it as like a horror movie. It ain't a horror movie. There was nothing scary about that movie. It was just very bizarre. I feel like they were trying really hard to like make it very like artistic and like abstract, and it just it landed super flat for me. So I was just, it like, was. I literally had to look up the plot while I'm watching it <clears throat> to try and figure out what like where's where, where's this going. So basically, it was a. None of it was a dream. None of it, it was, was in the past. It was a Yankee agenda push. In a adaptation of the village. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. But unlike the village, which was an amazing movie, in my it was opinion, okay. Um, I would have liked it more if it if it wasn't the whole like facade of the like it's actually modern. And all these people think that they're like if it were actually set these times and there was actually things like taking people that go into the wood line like that would be one thing instead yeah, but, it's just Adrian Brody Yeah, but see that made it so awesome. I don't know. I wasn't I don't I had know. Hopes I get, for it. I get it's really not a bad mad. I get really upset when people try to when people change history and I get really upset when people try to to agenda push through emotion pulling. You know what I mean? It's it's, a, it's frustrating. I, it's just the, the what was so frustrating is like the trailer to Annabellum made it look like it was really interesting and really cool. Where you're like, wow, I have no idea what this movie's supposed to be about. Like, clearly there's things happening and like, and I watch it and I'm like, this is they're trying too hard to make it. I don't know what the word is to make it like intriguing. Okay. No, it was just you were expecting like said, a period piece, and it wasn't, and that's the letdown. No, it was just I. Because I would I, much rather watch a period piece than a 
time travel thing or like a flashback. I, I, it would have it would have been more interesting had they made it like a time travel thing or something. Okay. But the fact that they went with the premise of, like, there's this senator who I guess is, like, racist and wants to go back to the good old days of the Civil War. Right. So he's, like, kidnapping and abducting people to bring to this plantation in modern times. It was like, what? Like, if if this is trying to make a statement, which I'm sure it was, it was kind of like, could have done it better. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically, you know, rich white people are bad, and that's the end of the movie. Jeff is doing a beautiful segue of, are you guys pairing any snakes right now? <laughs> He's tired of hearing my... I'm a movie guy, man, and so like, yeah, I'm, I'm super I'm excited when I saw something back. that was... It looked different, and so I was like, sweet, this looks really interesting. And yeah, Miguel, it does sound like a whack episode of Black Mirror, it does. I never saw Black Mirror, but... It's cool, you gotta watch it. But it, it's bad. When I have to go on Wikipedia and look up the plot, to figure true. out where, what direction this thing's going, like, what's... What are we doing? Like, yeah. what's happening here? Because the yeah. first first hour, you're like, what's like, what, what? It's it's not a what's happening is in like you're actually like involved and you're like, oh my god, like what's going on? It's more like, what, what, what what's happening? Yeah. Uh, speaking of pairings, so I guess I can tell people now. Yes, rant uh, over antebellum, two thumbs down. Down. Um, so I have a. Southern Copperhead that was given to me by Marcus. It was a middle Georgia locality. I don't know exactly where. Um, and the thing's amazing looking. Absolutely amazing. Textbook specimen. And then my friend JT wound up getting another Copperhead. He lives up in... Um, wow, now I can't remember the town. Anyway, he lives in... It's northeast Georgia. And... The animal's amazing. No spots on it at all. Great, rich color. Beautifully faded saddles. So I get the animal, and it had bad shed stuck around its tail. And uh, I haven't really told anyone. I told Justin about this. But uh, I went to soak her, and the shed was from the wild. And I'll specify that. It was a wild-caught animal that had a bad ring of shed in its tail. Jungle skin. Junk, bad jungle skin stuck around its tail. And I didn't think anything of it because it's a wild animal. Like it's gonna, it's gonna shed and everything's gonna be fine. Well, I guess the transition from being in the wild to my care, it dried out and became really bad. And when I went to soak it and I went to pull it off, before I even touched the tail, it's not like I degloved it, but before I ever touched the tail, the skin had come off, and there was the bone tip of the tail was there, and then two bands of exposed muscle tissue. So I cleaned it best I could and did some uh, antibiotic cream, and it looked like it was doing well. And then yesterday after our episode, I noticed that there was blood smeared around the rim of the, the tub, and the tail is turning black, and it's it's going to go gangrene. I know it is. And now I'm debating how I want to handle it, if I want to let nature take its course, which may not be the most humane thing. But at the same time, I don't know if I can take it to a vet. I don't know if a vet can really do anything for it. And I don't think the animal should be put down just yet because it's still active and alert. Right. And still it's not, exactly not sure how bad, like, right. where it's going. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the, the extent of nerve damage or what. Um, because I have other snakes that have what they were wild caught that had no tail. And I don't think it's going to be an issue with the snake's health, providing that the infection doesn't compromise its immune system. Um, but I was planning on doing a quick cycle with her and then pairing her with my male. 
Now I think I'm just going to keep the temps consistent and it providing that it's healed by spring. I'll just pair them in the spring as if it was natural. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Scott. Ugh. When you Thank touch you. the tip, do things usually de-glove for you? Oof. Oof. I love that, man. Yikes. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I'm actually, I'm really nervous about this. I really don't want to lose her. She's a phenomenal specimen, and I feel like, I, I don't feel like it's my fault. I really don't. Um, but I just, I wish there was more I could do for her. And I know that if I take her to a, a competent vet, it's either going to result in a bad amputation mm -hmm. and or euthanasia. I don't want to do that. I don't think it's. I don't you think know it's there. what's something that I really have been wanting lately that I want. I need to hunt down and find is a book that that is specifically subject on snakes. Uh, like I, I, I want in-depth information on like how the nervous system of reptiles works. I want in-depth information on how, uh, just like medical, like anatomical, physiological. Like I want information specific to reptiles, and I want a good detailed book on that. I don't know if one exists. I imagine like, it I, probably does in some like, kind I, of zoological textbook, but it's probably above our pay grade. I want something that breaks down like reptile vision and you know rods and cones and reptiles. But do we really exist, know? They don't. I feel like I we're constantly we learning more about it. But you think about like when medications are administered in snakes, it's not just like pick a spot and inject it. Like the way their their system works, you have to inject in like the top third of the body. Because True. in order for that medicine to get to where it needs to go, you have to, like their circulatory system isn't the same as uh, as like ours or mammals. So, I, from what I understand, I mean, my vet buddy explained it to me, and it made sense. And that was a while ago, so it's kind of fuzzy for me. But I just I wish I had a book that basically broke down like here's why you can't do this medically with the, these snakes, these lizards, these turtles, like right. And I probably do, Henry. And I have one of the herpetology textbooks, but I don't believe it goes into great detail about it. But I, I do want to find something that, because I'm super interested in that all the time. Like, just general, like, I, I'm so horrible at explaining things. I just want to know these this kind of stuff. Like, I want to learn. Of course, like, of course. Because like, we, we all, like, a lot of people, I feel like, don't know the general anatomy of most snakes as far as like organs and like, right. like you know vestigial lung you know the main lung that kind of stuff yeah. like you know how their livers operate compared to livers of other animals how their kidneys operate compared to other animals like that's kind of stuff I really want to know because I feel like that's something that will give you like a very large leg up yeah and how definitely. you keep things you know when you notice urates are a greenish yellow that's usually a sign of like kidney damage or gallbladder problems why? And how about this? How many times have I noticed an animal that had a yellowish tinge to its urates and several weeks, if not months later, it's back to normal? I would think that would just be like a dehydration thing, but who knows? It could very well be. I don't know. 
I mean, I kind of got spoiled because a lot of my mentors in the past uh, were quite knowledgeable in anatomy because they either studied it or they're just nerds about it. And I've, I've necropsied a lot of snakes and to the point where I have, I'm pretty confident in identifying organs and identifying what a normal organ is supposed to look like opposed to one that's cancerous or has an infection or some mm -hmm. tumor or lesions or cysts or whatever. But at the same time, I, I'm not a doctor. I, I don't. I don't know. I've never really studied it. I've just been shown, hey, this is what a liver is supposed to look like. This is what it's not supposed to look like. Right, and know? that kind of stuff may be something that we don't fully know yet. Like there hasn't been enough done as far as to know that. But I mean, there's a book right here on Amazon that's current therapy and reptile medicine and surgery. Like I feel like that would be probably a pretty good starting point. And for the low, low price of 112 dollars, it could be mine. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that uh, we have several doctorates in the field that listen to this show, and I have a very strong feeling that tomorrow we'll have an, another group message from Travis, and he will guide us in the right direction. No pressure, Trav. No pressure. There's another one, Clinical Anatomy and Physiology of Exotic Species Structure and Function of... What does that say? This was printed in 2005, though, and so that's kind of sucks, because there's probably a lot that's changed since then, I'm sure. It's structure and function of mammals, birds, reptiles, and amphibians. I guess pertaining to exotic species. Yeah, I feel like that's a catch-all, though. I just, I don't know. I just want a book that's like, hey, here's how your snake's kidneys work. Here's how your snake's liver work. Here's how... So Brad says that Doug Mater's, Doug Mater's book has a lot of info. And then Scott says it's worth every cent. I don't know if he's speaking of the book you're talking about or if he's speaking about Doug Mater's book. Yeah, and Mike's talking about, you know, he wants to buy a microscope for fecals. My vet wants 60 to send them off. Like, if you... The problem with that is, like, knowing what you're looking at on a slide. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, you can learn what parasites look like what in a microscope. It's just there's there's a lot you're looking at. And so I think it can be kind of hard to decipher what's what sometimes. But, I mean, it's not that it can't be done. I mean, I'd definitely take the time to do it if I could. Uh, and I probably could, but... You know, I don't know. That's something I'm just not willing to uh, devote the time to right now. Mater. Probably going to get that damn car from that movie Cars. Mater and Divers. Henry says that his vet got him a comprehensive textbook on reptile reproduction. Super expensive, though, and it was $170. Which, again, oh. is not that expensive in the grand scheme of things with our our type of books that we buy, you know, this one's 170. I think I paid 160 or 170 for Dr. Fry's book. And I can't get past four paragraphs of it because it's above my pay grade. Oh my God, dude. I've wanted that one for a hot minute too. Dude, I have the book and I open it like once every couple months and I flip through it and I go, all right, wow, this looks interesting. And I start to read it and it's just, it's like Aramaic, bro. I just can't get it. I just can't. I'm too dumb. Scott says he's going to send us a list tonight. So thank you very much, Scott. Oh, we appreciate that. Some, the money to buy them all. No, <laughs> I just I just want <laughs> the small loan. I have to remortgage my house just to be able to afford them all. I just want his Lapids book, and no one can find it for me. Have you checked eBay? Yeah, and it's really expensive. 
it's still not as expensive as the uh, the Gecko Bible. The Gecko Bible, I think, on Amazon is like nine hundred dollars now, which is fucking nuts. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I'm flipping through the little preview on Amazon of that Mater book right now, and it does look pretty damn good. I will definitely have to add it to my list. <clears throat> oh, uh, see. Are you doing a book review on the book you just got? Uh, once I finish it. Okay. Um, I just, I, you know, like I, anytime, like as soon as I get in bed, I'm like, I really want to read, but I know as soon as I crack that book okay. open, I'm dead. I'm Paragraph done. and a half and you fall asleep. And, and I bring it, I bring it to work with me all the time, but I'm getting distracted by other stuff. And I just, I would fall asleep at work. It's weird when it comes to reading. Like, I'm not one of those people that can just read anywhere. Like, Katie can do that. Like, Katie could read in a train station where trains are going by constantly and it's loud as crap and there's a ton of stuff happening. I can't do that. Like, I have to, if I'm listening to music, it has to be like instrumentals because I just get distracted by that. Like, the TV can't be on because I get distracted by that. Like, I just, I'm weird when it comes to, to I have to read in a, in a very, you and I are very much alike. Very in, like quiet environment where I just I'm not distracted. And I can actually get into it and pay attention to what yeah. I'm reading. That's why I don't listen to podcasts when I clean sake cages because yeah. I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I missed everything they just said and I got to yeah. rewind it anyway. So I, that's why I just stopped doing it. Um, what I was going to say though is I find myself having to legitimately sit at a desk or the kitchen table with a book that I really want to read something, an excerpt from it or a paragraph or a section or whatever, because if I lay in bed, I'm out. See you, Jeff. See, I don't, if I'm like awake and I'm not super tired, I'll lay in bed and I'll, I'll read for you know 20 or 30 minutes, but it's just, it's pretty rare. I just, it's frustrating because I really do want to read a lot more than I do, but uh, Ernest Hemingway's uh, Green Fields of Africa. I've read the same chapter like seven times because I can't get past it. <laughs> I and I've done that too. Where lose I, my page. I've, I've read the same. I get so tired that I've read the same paragraph like four times, mm-hmm. and then I'm dropping the book on my face, and you know, but that's especially another- when it's like when it's like heavy dry reads, like what you're talking about, like Fry's book. Yeah. You know, that's that's even harder. Super hard. Yeah. Yeah, I always joke about the, the best part about Fry's book is the pictures I took with the snakes that are in the book. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I find that I can't read, as an, uh, going from childhood to now, I can't read nonfiction, or excuse me, I can't read fiction. I can't read stories. I just can't do it. I, I, yeah, I'm the I, same I, way. I get distracted. I lose myself. I fall asleep. So almost everything in my library is reference and it's very difficult to read a reference book cover to cover, but I have them for reference. So I'm constantly getting a a new thing in my mind of, Oh, I want to learn about this. You know what? I think I have a book on that. Let me check. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh yes, I do have snakes of Borneo. Let me just whip that open real quick. You know? Oh, look, that's exactly what I was looking for. And I'll flip through it. Yeah. You know, I got a, a Visser's book on Tremercerus, which is like the Asian Viper Bible. Like we, Henry and I jokingly call it the biblical text. So I've read probably six or seven species profiles in the book 
but there's so much. I mean, the book's this thick for crying out loud. I can't, I can't do that cover to cover, but I know that in the coming years of my life, I'm going to read it to some degree. When are you getting a chondro fill? Andy wants to know. Um, I'm not. All right. Uh, this is what I'll do. I will say this. Within the next month, I'm making the trip to Billy's, and Casey's going to meet up with us. We're going to do a little horse trading, and I'm going to take my Jag home finally because I know Billy's sick of looking at it. And I want to raise that guy up and get him friendly because he's a psychopath. And then I figure once I get him to, like, yearling size, then I'll start shopping for a chondro as a display animal, and it will have to be a female so that I can breed my Jag to it on principle. I forbid it. I know. Andy forbids it. Andy isn't mad. He's just disappointed. It's okay. But my, I mean, that's my bookshelf. It's the same way. Like, there's, there's no fiction on my end. It's like musician biographies and snake books. There's actually one fiction book on my bookshelf, and I know that for a fact because Twilight. I just bought it this year. No, no. I bought an original, I bought a, excuse me, I bought a new production copy of the original text of Frank Herbert's Dune because I wanted to reread it before the movie came out. And the movie was supposed to come out this month or like the end of this month. And because of COVID, they decided that they're going to set it back a year because they were afraid of losing all their box office sales. So now I have an extra year to read the book. But I've only gotten through like the first chapter. <laughs> I've had it like six months. See, I had a problem for a point in time where I would go to the bookstore and not even have anything I'm looking for in particular, but I just start browsing. And books ain't cheap, man. No. And I'd end up walking out with like one or two every time I visited. So I have a bookshelf full of books that I bought like five years ago and have not read yet. Well, I also find that I have a lot of books from my younger years where it was like the coffee table book on snakes that was on the bargain table at Barnes and Noble for you know nine ninety five, and I got it just to get it. And I have a lot of those books, and I can't pull myself to give them away or, or, or recycle them or whatever because I feel like there's going to be something in there I'm, I can use. You know what I mean? And even though I don't want to say that I I I, I now know the knowledge that's in there, but like. I have better books. I have better actual reference for species profiles and such. But I just I just can't get rid of those cheapy DB coffee table books. I don't know why. Yeah, that, that Langerworth book would be awesome. And yes, Andy, I will have a chondro eventually. I'll have to join the cult. I'm going to keep it dry. Or better yet, I'm going to actually soak it in a jungle and make everyone pissed off. That's what I'm going to do. 100% humidity all day long. Enjoy your dead chondro, bitch. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I like I like Wamina's a lot. I like Sarong's a lot. I don't know. I just don't I just don't care. I don't know why. Another great species wasted on the ignorant. Okay. I like Ferraris, but I'm not a car guy. I'm going to buy a Ferrari. 
I love I I'm I love CZs, but I don't. I'm not a gun guy. I'm gonna buy a CZ as my first one just cause. I'm bougie. CZ, you mean a cubic zirconia, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Andy says he's gonna set up a chondro bioactive so he can tell everyone to kick rocks. I love it. I agree with it. I don't believe in keeping chondros in naturalistic setups. And why is that? I just I don't feel that they they do as well. Okay. Like it has to be done right and if you're not done if it's not done right, you're you're setting yourself up for failure <clears throat> on a species that's already got a smaller margin of error than most. It's true. I can see that. I actually have um, I have an, a tall XO at my parents' house that I will be bringing to my home, and I, that's probably what the condo is going to go in. So yes, I've already contemplated it. I already foresee it happening. <sighs> I don't know. Part of me wants to just get like a, a cheap, ugly, wild-caught, scarred-up biak on principle and just get it good. You know, get them up, get them running. Good luck. I've, dude, I've done it, man. I've worked in the pet industry. It's just, it's, you actually have to care, you know? That does help. It does. And you have to leave them the fuck alone. And if you have to feed them lizards, you feed them lizards. Can I, I need to talk about how glad I am that my, my male Jance and I is Oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk alive. about that. Let's talk about that. So I, don't think, all, I don't think he ever left the house. He didn't. Good. Um, so he was out for about a week. And of course, because I work pretty much all day from like 10 to 8, 10 to 9, depending on the day. Uh, I knew that it would be a case of if he showed up, I wouldn't be home. And yeah. lo and behold, I get a call from Katie. And she's like, we found the Jansen and I, we found the Jansen and I, what do I do? And I first love of how all, she knows what it is, dude. That's great. First, I was like, first, I was like, well, it's like if you grab him, he's gonna bite you. Like that's like a guarantee. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, now it's not. It doesn't really hurt because it's not like the chondros where their teeth are like freaking needles. Because the female bit me, you know, and that was like, I was surprised at how innocuous the whole thing was compared to the chondro. It ain't nothing. <clears throat> Uh, and she's like, yeah, she's like, fuck that. So, and I was like, all right. I was like, well, get a hook. And I was like, you know how to tail them. Like, you see how I tail them when I have the hook where like the hook is supporting the head end and then I have them by the tail and I just move them where I need to. And she's like, no. I was like, okay. So then I was like, well, I want you to put them in a rack until I get home. And I was like, it's the rack. As soon as you walk in. I was like, that male chondro is in that cube on top. And she's like, which rack? Because I was like, there's like four racks in there. So she ended up just taking the bucket I use for venomous stuff. And he found himself in like Ellie's baby blanket, which is like crocheted. So it's got all the holes and stuff in it. It's like the most pointless blanket ever. I'm like, this ain't keeping nothing warm. It's got holes in it. Yeah. He was like all up in that. And so she just took the whole blanket and put it in the bucket. And so then I was like, okay, well, you can keep them in there until I get home, but you're going to have to come by and open it, you know, 
at least every couple of hours while I'm gone because it's sealed. Like, there's no airflow in there whatsoever. I said, or you can drill some holes in the lid. Like, the drill's right in here. It's got a drill bit on it already. Just drill some holes. She's like, no. So, because she was also like, she had stuff she wanted to get done. So, yeah. She ended up, like, dumping the bucket into the rack, like, the tub in the rack. And somehow he just came right out, like left the blanket, left everything, and she just shut it, and he's in there. Brilliant. Brilliant. So I got home. Of course, it was this was Friday. We had an event at work, so I worked later than usual. So I got home and checked him over, and he's completely fine. No issues. Uh, But he's in that rack now. Like, I set him up in that rack because clearly the tub that he was in just isn't working. I got to figure out what the deal is. Yeah, you got to figure out how he's escaping out of that thing. Well, that's not the normal tub that I use for the Python portals. Mm. Like that, well, the other ones, I don't worry about it because those the the clasps on the ends for the lid, those are on there really like those are those are solid. They snap on. Those are very yeah. Those are hard to hard to get off. So he's not going back in that tub. I may end up just using that tub for one of the condros. Um, just taking out the the hide, taking out leaving the heat panel. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Putting on some perch holders, just basically converting into a condo tub. Um, but I'm so, so freaking relieved because that was like eating me up for like a week. I was just every morning, I'd look around. Every night when I get home from work, I'd look around. It was just a solid like four days, right? Yeah, it was like a week. Oof. And, but I mean, I think he must have been in our closet because you saw, I mean, you saw the closet. It's like a walk in. Yeah. So, yeah. I looked in there. I looked around. I didn't, like, go through all the clothes and stuff on all the shelves. Because uh, you walk in, obviously, there's, like, clothes on each side hanging, and then you have some shelves above those where there's blankets and winter clothes stacked and stuff that we don't wear all year. And apparently Ellie saw him leaving our room and going into her room. Because okay. that's, like, Katie, he went to Ellie's room. Katie closed the door, like, kicked Ellie out, locked, not locked, but closed herself and the Jansen and I in the room until she could wrangle it. And so, I don't know. He must have been hanging out in our closet is the only place I can think. I mean, that's a pretty good spot because there's a lot of spots he could have been hiding. I just, I don't know. I mean, that is the nice thing about most snakes is if they get out, there's a very good chance you're going to see them within the next couple of days after they've, you know, they start getting hungry, they start getting thirsty, they start, start wondering, so... Ooh. Yeah. Is it getting real over there? You heard it? Yeah. Is that wind? Yeah. That's rain and wind. Um, now that I wasn't going to bring this up. Well, first of all, I was going to say is I imagine you were going to come home one day from work and oh, these cameras get wet. I imagine you're going to come home from work one day and there's going to be a Mexican standoff between Hector and the Jance and I. Like, I it's kind all, of it's half all messed up. And, like, Hector's like, you know, um, but at the same time, uh, I'm going to say this on air because I have to throw you under the bus. How can you have that many snakes in a room and not have a door sweep? How do you not have a door thing on the bottom well, so they can't go underneath? First of all, this house is cursed. What? This house is cursed. It's not cursed. You just need a door sweep no. the door. I never had snakes get out until we moved into this house. Okay. 
I was on like a ten year streak of not having an escapee. So what you think? You know, your great aunt, your great aunt Mildred's letting stuff out at two in the morning. Now, yes, this is like an Indian burial ground or something, and okay. snakes are getting loose because I've lost. Like I've had a, a bunch of Volturna get out. The Jansen I got out twice. One of the Condros got out at one point and actually explored, like left the cage, which was amazing. Curse. You don't think that it's because you have a higher volume of specimens that you're, I don't want to say lackadaisical, um, that your uh, attentiveness to security is lessened? No. Okay. Because remember, you, when I was there, you were like, oh, I think I'm going to take those wedges out. I was like, don't you dare take those wedges out. Because they're going to get loose. You don't trust the gap. If you question the gap, you can't trust the gap. Yeah, but you're missing the point. Is I don't allow for a gap. Period. There is no gap. Well, that's because you have stuff that will also hurt you badly. Yeah, but still. I mean, like... I just I don't I don't want to wake up at three in the morning and have you know, Crebo crawling across the bed like I don't want that you know. I was disappointed in Hector because I was expecting him to like find the snake crawling in something and then me notice him focused on something somewhere and be like oh he must have found it like obviously get to the snake before Hector can but yeah, you know how cats are they get super hyper focused on some stuff and I'm like find the damn snake man. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because, you know, my roommate used to have Ridley Eye. And, dude, that thing got loose all the time, man. It just got loose all the time. And I wouldn't know it. And I would be sitting watching TV, and his dog is a Catahoula. And his dog would, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'm like, what are you barking at? I look, and the Ridley Eye is like coming down the staircase from, from upstairs. And, like, I would walk over, I would grab the Ridley Eye, like, mid body, expecting it to be all defensive and, you know, beauty snake like. And it would look at me like, oh, God, you got me. All right, let's go back upstairs. And I go put it away. And, like, I, I, I know for a fact that that was his neglect in latching the sliding thing. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Henry, if you treat everything like venomous, nothing should get out. That is very, very true. I would concur wholeheartedly, Henry. Well, the nice thing about chondros and carpets and... The Ganyasoma is because they're climbers. Usually, you don't have to look terribly far because they almost always go up. That is true, and they knock stuff over, which is a good indication that something's loose. So, which I was expecting to hear some glasses or something in the kitchen being knocked over and be like, "There you are, you <laughs> bastard!" But those are also diurnal species; they're not out during the night like all. Yeah. So, yeah. it's kind of stupid to assume that it would be out and about in the middle of the night. But yeah. He's back. He's okay. I've I've named him Flight Risk. <laughs> he's in that rack indefinitely. Okay. And so wait, so how big is that rack? Is it CB seventy? No, this is uh like thirty two quart tubs. Okay. I guess that's a CB seventy. I don't. I don't know. No, I think the seventies are like the super deep ones. Yeah, long ones. Yeah, yeah. no. No, it's 32 quarts just until I can... The, the frustrating thing is those 200 quart tubs I've been using for Python portals for condors and stuff. Right. Like, Walmart has been 
completely depleted of all tubs the last couple months. I think it's maybe because of like a China thing, because a lot of them are manufactured over there, and since they've really cut back on a lot of that stuff. Um, but you can buy a three pack on Amazon right now, but they're like eighty bucks, and I don't really need three. Like I know I'll use them, but I'm just kind of at a point where I'm like I don't really need to buy them right now. So. I also heard that it, uh, I was in Target shopping for Sterilites um, because my local Target has a good selection of those gaskets that I like for the Vemma stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was for a bunch of pygmies that I had. And I kept seeing like these mother-daughter teams shopping for tubs. So one of them I asked, I said, hey, I don't mean to be rude, but why are you guys buying your tub? And they were like, well, I'm going to college. The, the, the younger girl says, I'm going to college. And the, the older woman said, I'm a teacher and I use it for my school supplies. So I had a feeling that it just made sense to me, you know, seeing the writing on the wall, that all these kids are going back to school. All these college students are going back to university. All these teachers are having to, you know, get back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they're having to take stuff home. I'm sure they're having to, you know, teaching from home, you know, Zoom teaching or whatever. It made sense to me why there would be a tub shortage. I don't know. Well, wait a second. Now this thing's saying 108 for three of them. Are you kidding me? Here, I'll show everybody Brad these tubs. Says, I, do, I do love these tubs. These tubs are awesome. They're great for the Python portals. I've been using them for Chondros. I use them for Boiga. They're awesome. And see, like, to me, I wasn't going to say anything, but, like, I would never use that tub because there's no latches on the sides. Yeah, but those those latches on the ends, those are the ones that are like really on there. And I'm using yeah, I mean, you gotta think I'm also using it for species that don't push. Like Boiga don't really push, Chondros don't yeah, but push. Apparently Jansen I push. Well, my female Jansen is in one of these and I haven't had any issues. The male Jansen is in a different tub that isn't one of these. Maybe he just wants to go find her. That's the, well. I was hoping I would somehow find him in her tub. I don't know how, but yeah, I think it's also it's way easier for them to get out than it is for them to get in because they can push. They can push up. You know what I mean? But these are the these are perfect for the Python portals from Brahms because that side is smooth. There's no like beveled edges like you get on some uh, of the other tubs. Okay, okay. So they work really well for that. But I think Home Depot actually carries these. I need to go. Next time I'm out that way, I don't have a Home Depot here in Beaver. We just have a Lowe's. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if Sterilite's discontinuing these or not. But oh, awesome. I, w- I was going to mention since we're on the topic of tubs, did you see our friends at Focus Cube make their arboreal? Dude. So now, hold on a second. Wait, you're talking I, about the rack? I'm talking about the rack. Now, I think it's absolutely beautiful, but I need to ask you, how many people made Cambro racks like that prior to Sean's one that he made for me? Like just in general or specific for just in general. what you use it for? Just, just in general. They made like arboreal style tub with Cambro racks. Plenty of people. Plenty of people? Yeah. Damn it, I was hoping I was a trendsetter. Damn it. 
People use Cambros for Condros. All of, like that's. Well, I know because Brahms and I like, talk about you're, a lot. If you're bougie, you use Cambro racks for your Condros. Yeah, because I know Brahms is Brahms is slowly converting his entire collection. It looks fucking amazing. But yeah, you definitely should pull up the Focus Cube and show people that because it looks so cool. Let me see. I wonder if they have it on their website yet. I'm sure, you can just go to Instagram. Oh yeah. $354. Make you holla. That's actually, I was expecting it to be a little more expensive. Well, <laughs> you didn't equate for the actual tubs themselves, friend. Oh, tubs not included. Yeah. So, yep. I mean, ideally. So, now what model after... tubs are you using with that? Does it say? Mm -hmm. Six eighteen by twelve by nine Cambro tubs. Six by eighteen by nine. Yeah, so those are my tubs. So I paid seventeen dollars a piece for them. Yeah. And I would not feel comfortable with my a adult Condro in them. It's way too small. It oh yeah, yeah. Per, no, definitely. Yeah, That's not yeah. big enough for adult Condro at all. Yeah, but I do love how it looks, and I do love all of the pro points that they included. The pro points is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean the way they did the LEDs and stuff, uh, you know, like a way that it, that's kind of the hardest part I think about lighting racks is making it to where you can you're not in the way of the tubs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like the skids and st it's just that thing just looks awesome. It looks like something out of freaking Star Wars, man. It really does. So badass. Mm -hmm. Love it. And I'm not a big like red color kind of guy, but that looks awesome. They've got a bunch of awesome stuff, though. They do. And I love that they have ways where you can include, I mean, we talked about this on the podcast, like ways they can add that, you know, your stat into the cage to where it looks like it's meant to be a part of it. Right. You know, just... Well, that's on that camera rack. That's what that cutout is on top, right? Yeah. That's for a, that's for a VE thermo. Or Herbstat. Yeah, or Herbstat, yeah. Because, I mean, you get the red and black Herbstat. That red oh, yeah. unit. Oh, that's really, awesome. Yeah. yeah. That matches. Oh. See, I didn't even know it was in the picture. By the way, the And then background... what I love about it the most is they're they're not even, like, it's still a rack. Like they're really not, yeah. they, they're not doing anything that hasn't been done as far as like the functionality, right. but they've completely said like everything else is boring. Like let's, let's reinvent the aesthetic of it. Yeah. And how much was it? $354. It's awesome. It's good. It's good. Andy says he's going to experiment with polycarbonate six quart ish sizes and build a new neo rack. Can't wait to see it, Andy. And then Thomas said he feels like a hundred and three quart iris tub wouldn't be bad for the Jansen eye. That wouldn't be bad for the Jansen, like the male Jansen eye as he is now. But as he gets bigger, I feel like that's not going to be enough. Like the female will definitely need more as she gets older. 
Iris hundred and three court. Like the hundred and thirty eight, I don't mind. That's actually not a bad looking bad looking unit. You know, I was in uh I was in um what the hell's it called? Uh, 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 Staples the other day. And they had some Ziploc, those gasket tubs. And they were like the perfect size for the next step up in Condros from my rack that I have now. And they were like 35 quarter, something like that. They weren't massively bigger than what they're in now. But I was like, man, that's like the best size for, for a rack right there. Especially for the size they're at yeah. now even. Mm. Yeah, these Irish trunks, I don't mind. They got a hinge lid on the back, though, like that kind of. Yeah, that know. could be troublesome. Something goes up in that hinge and wraps take, around it. Right. Take a gander. Let's see it. Of course, it doesn't matter because they're sold out, but. By the way, is that wallpaper Kaznikovi? Yes. Nice. I was feeling frisky. Yeah, you were. Like, you could do a portal on the front of that. Yeah, but see, I, I don't like the way that that lid is on there. I, I don't. I like the fact that it has a hood, so you're getting more surface area internally, and you have a place where you could mount lights if you wanted to, but I don't like the way that that lid sits on like, it. Like You don't like that hinged back like that? Mm. No, I don't like that. I, don't, I think the hinge is, is sketchy because the animal's going to go in there, and I think that the, the actual closure of it, the seal of it, is not going to be conducive, and I think you're going to have an escape. I don't think it will. Well, let's try it in your house. Here's a... That's a 91 quart. I don't know. It's so frustrating, man. You find that one tub that works perfectly for everything you need, and then they freaking discontinue it, man. Oh, yeah. Well, they got to make new stuff. God damn it. Gotta come up with new designs. There's a Wayfair Basics tub <clears throat> that, that might actually be for like human trafficking. How many children's old? Uh, it looks to be probably three or four, in my estimation. Excellent. What is this? This is interesting looking. How big is that? 85 quart. That's what I have That's my uh, male brittles in. Yeah, that lid ain't ain't holding nothing in though. Yeah, my male brittles is in the uh, Sterilite gasket eighty five quart, and it is perfect for him because I have a big piece of grapevine and a nice water dish. Um, I have a paper towel roll in case he decides to shove his ass in there, and uh, and I watch him and he comes up on the top and he runs the rim of the tub and he comes back down. He loves it. See, I like the container store, but you don't have any way of shopping by, like, size. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now. You know, something that's 100, 100 cord and up, I don't have any way of looking at that. The container store in Boca is awesome, but I feel like their snake-worthy tub selection is being diminished on purpose because they're selling so many to herpers that the guy actually asks me, he goes, you a snake guy? And I'm like, Maybe. How'd He's you like, know? oh yeah, come over here. I got them over here. 
<laughs> and like and like sea serpents uh, when he can't get. But stuff they could direct. totally lean into that. They could lean I into know, that and make I so know. much more money. Like there's a whole market of well, nerds so, who want your product. So, so Chris from Sea Serpents, uh, I guess he had a, an issue like a year or two ago with a distributor, and he needed tubs like fast. So he's like, I'll just go to the container store. And I guess he was in there earlier that day when I was there, and the guy was like, "You snake guy." And I said, yeah, he's like, come over here. And then he shows me, he's like, what gave it away? You know, a guy, you know, a guy named Chris. And I was like, yeah, he's like, that guy just cleaned me out. <laughs> I texted Chris and I was like, why are you shopping at a container store? Those are my tubs. It's my turf. I mean, I guess you can just look up whatever size cordage on Amazon. Like well, I have those hundred, I have those hundred and tens that have the four clips, like the one clip on each side, and those are nice. Right. I just wish they made them a little, like deeper, like wider. Well, that's the Sterilite eighty five quart that I have that Brettles in. Is it's one, two, three, four, five? It's six latches, and the thing's almost twenty two inches tall, I think, or twenty mm-hmm. inches tall. And dude, that tub's awesome. Yeah, it's the hundred quart, the hefty hundred quart latch box. But you can get them at Lowe's. And my problem with that is, like, when I talk about a bevel on the side for Python portals, this is what I'm right. what I'm talking about and why they don't work, is that right there creates yeah, a gap yeah. in the center. Yes. That, I mean, if you have a thin species they can get out of, if you were talking about something like a slightly larger brettles or that scrub, like, that's fine. That's not a problem, but... It's just it's so frustrating because a good tub is worth its weight in freaking gold at this rate. Well, I'm telling you, look up that, that 85 quart. And you tell me what you think. What is it? It's the Sterilite. Sterilite? Ster- yeah, Sterilite Gasket 85. I'm not seeing it on Amazon. I hope they didn't discontinue it because I need another one soon. Gasket. There's an 80 quart. Maybe it's 80. Is it 82 maybe? I see 80. Let's see it. Poison. Poison portal. That girl is poison. Yeah, that's it. It's probably 80. I'm mistaken. But see, that has no bevel on the side, right? Right. Yeah, on the yeah. on the like the long end, that's yeah, that's fine. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I have my male brittles in right now, and I have the that copperhead with the messed up tail is in one of those two. Yeah, limeade that condor <clears throat> from Phelan is in one of these 37 quarts right now. Okay, cool. And he's been doing really well in that. Dude, man, those gaskets are amazing. Dude, I keep everything from pygmies and baby mambas and everything. Yeah, I've got the... I think it's a 16-quart, because I'm going to use it as an egg box for condos. Well, I was going to until I decided to do maternal incubation. I have that. uh, Scroll back down again. 
see that one that's 37 right there the 14 dollars and 20 cents 37 mm -hmm. quarts that thing if i nobody has them around me and i swear if i find a target or a walmart that has like a stack of five or six of them i'm gonna buy them all because those are awesome for pygmies because they're so thin that you can get almost five or six on one shelf mm -hmm. and the, it's a pygmy so it doesn't need that much height you know right and I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna start doing that because I have one of those, and I have a pygmy in one of those. But the only problem with those is, is that their surface area is smaller. Or excuse me, their surface area is larger than the big tubs, so you yeah. can't put it on top or below another tub unless it's the exact same one. The uh, check staples. Cause like I said, staples had some gasket boxes. <laughs> they weren't this. They weren't sterilite specific. They were. A, they do have like gasket boxes. Yeah, I remember there used but, to be a knockoff that we had a green gasket instead of blue, and it worked just as well. Like it sucks because Staples is so much more expensive than everywhere else. But when you gotta have what you gotta have. There you go. Miguel says, uh, "Oh, you can read it." Sorry. I keep my baby beauty snake in one of those, and I'm sure that's why she hasn't gotten out. Yeah, that is the nice thing about those gasket boxes is nothing is getting out of those. But I think it's that time, buddy. Yeah, I was just about to say, can you hear the rain or not? Yeah, it sounds like it's picking up. It just opened up, and like it's starting to mist over. And I probably should unplug my electronics. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Hey, Katie. Yeah, girl. Turn All back. Right. Give me that blue steel. <laughs> we'll see y'all later. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining. He said you're amazing because you're my wife. Very true. Very, very true. Oh, my God. Now I'm getting wet. All right. And that's what she said. See you later. That's what she said. Good night, everybody.